We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's up everybody welcome into the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl have a big show lined up for you today and i want to go over in great detail, I guess in somewhat great detail, this Packers offseason. And for those of you who have followed along for a while or have read me on Twitter or read me on Packer Report, wherever you might find my work, you will know that for the most part, I lean positive, right? While I cover the team and analyze the team in a variety of different ways, at the end of the day, I am still a Packer fan and I would enjoy very much if the Packers did well and won numerous Super Bowls and all those sort of things. And I, even in general, just in general, whether it's whatever sports team I'm cheering for, life, whatever, I tend to think positively. I like to lean in the positive and just exist in that stratosphere because that's just kind of who I am as a person. But of course, unfortunately, uh, life as well as sports don't always go according to plan. And sometimes while you're analyzing a team, there's a time and a place to call a spade a spade and call out things where maybe they're not working the right way, or at least show concern over some trends that are maybe not heading in the right direction. And frankly, and honestly, I think we're at that point, or maybe well past that point, depending on where you're at, with this offseason for the Green Bay Packers, that there are some concerning things that need to be pointed out. And that's really my goal today is to point those out and to say, these are issues that either need to be resolved or hopefully maybe resolve themselves on their own. And I'll get to that more in just a moment. But there is a lot that I have concern over from what this, this these last few months have held as a fan of the team, as an analyst of the team. And again, we're going to go over those in detail today. Now, before I get there and maybe in the realm of staying positive, I do want to be very clear in the fact that Games are not won or lost in the offseason. Championships and Super Bowls are not won or lost in the offseason. For every single team that has won the offseason, 
there are very few of those that have won a Super Bowl. We have seen teams win draft classes right after the draft that have had terrible drafts. The Philadelphia Eagles with their dream team a few years back or more than that now where they, you know, they got Cullen Jenkins and I don't even remember who all the players were at that time uh, to add to that Philadelphia Eagles team that was expected to make this huge run. And of course, they fell flat on their face. I don't, if I remember correctly, they didn't even make the playoffs. That was supposed to be the team that based off of all their amazing free agent and draft acquisitions was going to compete for a Super Bowl. And again, if if memory serves, I don't believe they actually made the playoffs. Heck, the Milwaukee Bucks, who just won the NBA championship, right? They were mostly, I don't want to say destroyed in the offseason, but there were a ton of question marks and many of them, rightfully so. There were the question marks of whether or not they gave up way too much for Drew Holiday, who maybe was supposed to be a good but not great player. Um, They, of course, screwed up the Bogdanovich trade and then, you know, kind of made the issue worse by signing DJ Augustine to a huge deal after it fell through. People thought that they spent way too much on Pat Connaughton, questioned the Bobby Portis move. Like all of those things happened in an offseason that they were, um, you know, really talked about and, and wondering if the Bucks had any idea what they were doing. And some of those, the DJ Augustine move is a great example of that, was a genuinely terrible idea and terrible move in the offseason. But roster building and being a GM of a team, as, as Brian Gutekunst often says, is a 365-day-a-year job. And they ultimately ended up in Drew Holiday, who ended up being, I think, much better than people expected and came up huge in a championship run. And it's a deal that they will never have to apologize for because they won a championship. The Bogdanovich deal, if they do that deal, they may not have Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, Bobby Portis, and eventually P.J. Tucker, because there was a a lot of uh, moves that came out of the D.J. Augustine trade and things like that after that they may not end up having any of those players and arguably because of that may not win a championship. So sometimes it's like, you know, the math test where you use the wrong equation, but get the right answer anyway. And the teacher's like, what the heck did you just do? You didn't use any of the right equations, but you got to the right answer. Sometimes that happens, right? Where you're questioning, how did we get to this point? But the answer's right anyway, so we don't care anymore. And, you know, you look at the DJ Augustine trade and things like that, and or the, the signing, and you can point to some of those fingers and, or, you know, in the blown Bogdanovich trade, and you can say, all of these things you did leading up to hear not all of them were great but you ultimately got to the right answer and and again important point being here is that the the season is not won or lost in in a single off season you can make mistakes you have the opportunity to make up for them in a variety of moves later in the year or through the off season etc and again, a lot of these things, you just don't know until they all play out. Again, a lot of people thought Drew Holiday was the wrong move. It certainly did not end up being the case as he was a key piece, especially defensively in their run to a championship. So no matter what happened this offseason and no matter how down on it you are, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Packers are doomed and that they can't recover for it and that they can't be a great team, maybe even a championship team this upcoming season. So games are played on Sundays. The season is far out and yet to be played. So as much maybe doom and gloom as I might get into here a little bit, uh, it's it's worth pointing out that we don't know anything yet. And we'll start to see how things start playing out really this week as training camp kicks off. But I want to start this critical approach to what Green Bay's done in free agency 
um, by going over what they've done by quote unquote going all in. And I mentioned this uh, yesterday in my podcast as well, that the Packers have been all in this offseason. I got a couple comments that said, Andy, if your version of going all in is signing players like a Kevin King, that's not going all in. If you want to see all in, and many people have pointed to that box of saying you're going to trade future first round picks for Drew Holiday and they like that's going all in, right? The Packers are all in on this season. Not only have they maxed out their spending for this season, but per Ken Ingles, who tends to know a thing or two about the Packers salary cap, they have borrowed $37.5 million from the future to pay for players that are currently on this team. You may not like how they've spent some of that money, which I'm going to get to more in in just a moment, like a Kevin King, for example, but you cannot debate the fact that this current Packers team is well above and beyond the normal salary salary cap because they are again borrowing over 37 million from future caps to help pay for this 2021 team by going out and re-signing Aaron Jones and keeping Dean Lowry and Preston Smith bringing back a Kevin King and doing all the things that they could David Bakhtiari Kenny Clark all these extensions that they've signed by trying to keep this team together they have borrowed from the future and it's going to hurt them down the road but they are doing it in an effort to win now and they have done that and I, that's not a bad thing. That, In my opinion, over the last 30 years with Favre and Rodgers, they have not done that enough. They, there becomes a time where a window is open, and if you don't take advantage of it, it passes you by. Like we saw with Brett Favre with one Super Bowl, which I'm not certainly complaining about because you, these are hard to get, as anyone will tell you. Uh, but now we've seen potentially some, some opportunities with Rodgers pass by as well and not maybe going all in, and sometimes that was advantageous to do so, may end up costing the Packers Super Bowl titles over the court, again, the course of these last 30 plus years with Rodgers and Favre. So I don't mind at all. In fact, I like the idea of the Packers going all in on a season and doing everything they can to try to keep a window open. I am all for that. But you, it takes great care to do that in this day and age, right? So Andrew Brandt made a great point, and he's made a ton of great points about this scenario throughout this entire process because he dealt with the Brett Favre situation. He said, once once this all happened with, with Rodgers and, and drafting Jordan Love and things like that, he said, the team is going to have to manage this, and that will be difficult. We managed the Brett Aaron for three years, constant issues to mas- massage and smooth over, not easy. That was obviously in form of a tweet, which is why it's not clear sentences, but the point being is that as soon as they drafted Aaron Rodgers, they had to constantly massage the the Brett Favre camp and the Aaron Rodgers camp for three full seasons of, hey, Brett's going to be okay. You're the guy. You're the guy. We love you. You're the starter. You're the MVP. You're the legend. We're going to do everything we can to win with you. Aaron, your time is coming. We love you. You're going to be the future star of the Green Bay Packers. And then just massaging everything around that to make sure that things run as smoothly as possible. Andrew Brandt pointed it out as soon as they drafted Jordan Love that this was going to have to be something that they constantly massaged and kept everyone, not just with the Favre camp, not just with the Love camp or the, the, the Farvin Rogers camp or now the Rogers and love camp, not just with those two, but with everyone around the team that could pick sides that could say, Hey, it's time to move to Jordan love or Hey, what is Jordan love doing here? Aaron Rodgers is our guy. These things take a great amount of care and you have to use great caution when doing something like this. And I think it's very clear 
up until the, this point that the Packers have not done so. And as I mentioned in the past, when I asked Brian Gutekunst, in hindsight, going back, we, he knew that Jordan Love was the highest graded player on his board, but did he have any regrets with that pick? And he said the one regret is communication. He wished that they would have communicated things better. And when you start by doing that, you have to have a very strong level of communication to make all of this work. And whether that is a Brian Gutekunst thing, whether that is a Mark Murphy thing, whatever the case may be, and who's ever in charge of that, it has not gone well going back to last offseason and obviously continuing this offseason as they've tried to massage this relationship with Aaron Rodgers by sending Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and who knows who else down to try to make Aaron Rodgers happy and bring him back to Green Bay. Now, that's not just a Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers thing. That's other things that have gone on with Rodgers. But as Andrew Brandt mentioned, as soon as that Rogers love thing happened, this takes a great deal of care and massaging and Green Bay, frankly, hasn't done a great job of that. The other issue is that this isn't 20, 25 years ago where maybe players didn't have quite the idea of the salary cap and the situations that they used to, right? Players are well aware of what certain connotations are. So, we read recently that Zedarius Smith may not be happy with his current situation. And one of the things that you read is that the reason he's unhappy is he wanted to be a Packer for life. They massaged his contract, which they had every right to do to push money into next year. But Zedarius knows that when next year hits, the Packers, there is zero chance. There is 0% chance, 0.0000 chance that they can afford Zadarius Smith at that contract number that they moved all that money into, which means release, trade, or extension slash restructure. But Zadarius Smith doesn't necessarily want an extension slash restructure next year because who knows what happens at that time? Who knows if he has a bad year? He wanted that extension now. He wanted to be a Packer for life. He had mentioned as much. He wants that extension now. Let's work it out now. Let's make it work now. And Green Bay said, no, we're pushing it down the road and it's going to happen next season. Now, if Zedarius has a major injury, if Zedarius has anything like that happen, they just say goodbye. They cut ties and Zedarius is no longer a Green Bay Packer. And as a player, well, he signed the initial contract and he and his agent should have been aware of the, um, the the terminology that gave Green Bay the rights to move that money around. Again, it is a communication thing where when you make some of these changes and when you make some of these moves, you have to massage it over. You have to communicate it with the player. You have to make sure that they are still happy and that you, you tell them you're going to take care of them and things like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, he is well aware that when you draft a Jordan Love and when there's a massive salary cap issue staring you in the face in 2022, and one of the few ways that Green Bay can get out of that major salary cap issue is by doing something with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to know that. And he's not going to probably be too happy with that. Devontae Adams, the same exact thing. When he sees that David Bakhtiari got a huge deal and Kenny Clark got a huge deal. He knows that Jair Alexander is probably going to get a huge deal. Like when he sees all of that happening. And once again, he looks at when is he going to be a free agent? All right, 2022. Did the Packers have any salary cap space in, in 2022? No. What? When is he going to turn 30 in 2022? He can easily put everything together and say, all right, the Packers aren't giving me my extension now. They're going to wait till maybe I have a down year or until I turn, you know, I'm about to turn 30. Um, They don't have the money to sign me. I also would like to be a Packer for life and stay with this team. I am now also not happy. So by Green Bay, in a way, going all in and trying to do everything they can to win this season and maybe open up that window for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and everyone else to win potentially a Super Bowl this year by not communicating those things and frankly massaging some of those egos for lack of a better term and making sure that those guys remain happy, they've now opened up an entire can of worms where everything is in jeopardy And they could be in a brutal no man's land if Aaron Rodgers does decide to not play, to retire, to force a trade, whatever the case may be, because now they've borrowed all this money from future seasons to be good this season. And they may not be able to be if Aaron Rodgers is not here or just frankly, if three of their main players are unhappy with their current situation and circumstances. And who knows how far that that unhappiness leaks into the rest of the locker room. That is a major, major issue. So idea in principle of going all in and trying to win a Super Bowl this upcoming season, great. The idea of having another quarterback in Jordan Love and drafting him last offseason to be able to take over when Aaron Rodgers may need to move on or you may need to move on from him, great. But these things do not happen in a vacuum. We talk about all the time or you know, people talk about all the time of how like fans are so unreasonable 
uh, because every deal that they want done, it doesn't happen on Madden, right? You can't just trade, release, sign. You you it, it, you actually have to you know, manage the players. These are real life people that you have to take care of and you have to consider how you handle these players and how that bleeds into the rest of the locker room and things like that. The tables are sort of turned on this one where an NFL team almost handled this like a Madden situation and just said, we're going to move some money around here. We're going to sign these players here. We're going to give Bakhtiari a big contract. We're going to have Kenny Clark a big contract. We'll just wait on Devontae Adams and we'll just do some of this other stuff. And maybe next year we have to blow things up. But they did a terrible job in communication and in making sure that those players stayed on board, stayed engaged, and were okay with what was going on. And now again, Green Bay could be in a really difficult situation because they could be in a no man's land where they are in an all-in situation now. But if Rodgers doesn't play or, if, again, players aren't happy, it, they just might be in a, in a lose, losing situation no matter what. And now have you know really taken and borrowed money from future years where now you're not crippling, but making things a lot harder in future seasons as well. So communication is key. And again, I'm a bit going off, more than a bit, I'm obviously going off of the the Schefters and the Rappaports and the the Mike Florios, which again, I I would prefer to know from Zedarius and and Devontae Adams and and Aaron Rodgers from the horse's mouth to say, hey, we're unhappy. I don't, we don't know that, right? We don't know a million percent for sure what's going to happen. And Zedarius and Adams specifically could easily just be normal contract negotiation stuff that the the budding of heads here happens pretty consistency, consistently and constantly with star players who are looking for big contracts, teams who are looking to push back or get that a little bit lower. That could easily be normal negotiation stuff. But by the sounds of it, by the reporting that's been done, It may not be that. And if that's the case, that's been a major failure of the Packers over these last two off seasons. Next one, how they've managed some of these players that they have brought in or brought back or kind of either restructured or not restructured. Kevin King is the number one example of this. You only had so many resources this off season, spending 5 million of them on Kevin King does not seem and I don't think I'm breaking any news here, like the best use of those resources. Corners who went for less and in sometimes far less money than Kevin King include Marcus Trufant, Quentin Dunbar, Sidney Jones, Desmond King, Malcolm Butler, A.J. Bouye, and Xavier Rhodes. All of them got paid less this offseason in free agency than Kevin King did. The Packers valued Kevin King more than any of those corners. You can add Casey Hayward on that list as well, actually. So Trufant, Dunbar, Sidney Jones, Desmond King, Malcolm Butler, A.J. Bouye, Xavier Rhodes, and Casey Hayward. All of them were paid less than Kevin King. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, 
Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Now, I even got to the point in this offseason where I said, if you can get Kevin King back for about 2 to 2.5, maybe $3 million, I could see how you could make an argument that maybe this team is better with Kevin King at a $2.5 million-ish contract than without him. But $5 million. And don't look at how much is pushed into future caps. At the end of the day, for one season of Kevin King, they are paying $5 million. In in a huge amount, you know, bucket of money plus $37 million in future funds and stuff like that, $5 million may not seem like a lot. But again, they're working with so few resources to sign players that $5 million for Kevin King is a very poor use of those resources. All right. Next is Preston Smith. Now, I'm going to talk in a little bit about how they creatively did Preston Smith's contract and that that was a good thing. But Preston Smith was one of the few ways that they actually could have saved a boat ton of money to go out and potentially sign free agents who would have maybe helped this team more than Preston Smith. Now, I'm willing to listen to the argument that not having Preston Smith and going in with just Zedarius and Rashawn Gary and maybe not having that next guy as, as a number three edge rusher you know, to, to, to be able to balance things out and, and have depth at that position is potentially a bad thing as well. But they had opportunities to address that position in a variety of different ways that potentially, in my opinion, they could have got value at what Preston Smith gave them a season ago at a much lower cost. So deciding to bring him back was a very questionable move, especially even, even though the, the contract was very creative and I like what they did, it's still a very questionable decision. That's one where I love what Russ Ball did with the contract, genius way that he did the contract, but very questionable move by Brian Gutekunst to bring him back and want him back in the first place. Dean Lowry, another contract who, for the most part, Lowry the last couple of seasons has been a replacement or worst level player. They had the opportunity to get out of that contract, save money and use that money in a better way to help this team out. And if, they, if you start putting these together and you move on from Preston, you move on from King, you move on from Lowry, there's an argument to be made. Like Stokes and Josh Jackson and everyone else on this current cornerback group can replace Kevin King and you're not going to miss a beat. All right. Dean Lowry, you can sign a veteran free agent off the street, replace the, you know Dean Lowry and not miss a beat. And now you've got like 14, 15 million, probably I think more than that. I'd have to double check, but I think like over 15 million to spend on a free agent this offseason that could have actually made a major impact. You know what 15 million can buy you in free agency and instead you used it on Preston Smith, Kevin King, and Dean Lowry? That is a concerning decision for me. It just is what it is. All right. So next up, Corey Lindsley, gone. All right. I get why Corey Lindsley is gone, and I understand that, but you also lost arguably your best free agent. And moving on from Corey Lindsley, and when your offensive line was one of the strongest aspects of this this past season, frankly, is still a questionable decision. I probably agree with that more than anything else that I've gone over up until this point, but it's still... If you're looking at what Green Bay did this offseason, losing Corey Lindsley still is in the red, right? You're not looking at that as a net positive. That is a net negative. So while I understand the decision, it still obviously hurts the Packers that Corey Lindsley is gone. 
the draft had some questionable picks. I'm not going to harp on it too much because nobody knows at this point, but I will tell you, there are some of the top experts behind the scenes that thought the Packers draft was laughable. I don't agree with that, especially after I saw some of them in in rookie mini camps and OTAs. Now, we don't know anything until the pads come on. We won't know anything for three or four years. But I will tell you on very good authority that there are some within league circles that thought the Packers draft was laughable. Time will tell. I do question whether they got a high-level impact player in this draft. Now, if you're drafting at the end of the draft in every round, you're not expected to have one of the top drafts, right? So I get that, but I'm just putting it out there. There are those in league circles that question the Packers draft, all right? Defensive coordinator. They lost out on their number one choice for defensive coordinator and couldn't get Jim Leonard to commit to the Packers. They go with Joe Barry, and time will tell if Joe Barry is good or not, but losing out on your top pick and going with a defensive coordinator who, when the Rams had a defensive coordinator opening, they went external rather than promoting Joe Barry from within. When Brandon Staley goes to the Broncos, as remember, Rams defensive coordinator goes to the Broncos as head coach, needs a defensive coordinator. He does not go... In, in this direction, and he does not get Joe Barry as his defensive coordinator. So the Rams head coach and the Rams defensive coordinator both had defensive coordinator openings this offseason, and neither went with Joe Barry. That is concerning to me. It's not to say that Joe Barry might not be great, and frankly, I've been I was very impressed with how Joe Barry handled everything, how what his coaching was in person. I think there's a good chance that Joe Barry's a good coach, but that's somewhat concerning to me. And again, they lost out on their number one choice in Jim Leonard. Their number one thing they did this offseason was bring back Aaron Jones, which if you look at the numbers and if you look at history, paying a running back their second contract rarely pans out. Now, again, having Aaron Jones on this team is much better than not having Aaron Jones on this team. I would, I love the fact that Aaron Jones is still a Green Bay Packer, but statistically, analytically, paying running backs into their second deal generally doesn't work out. And if that is the best move that the Packers made this, this entire offseason, their best move that they made this entire offseason was to bring back a running back on a high deal when they just spent a second round pick on A.J. Dillon a season ago. There's a level of, you know, it's just it's questionable to go in that direction as well. And then lastly, because some of those contracts that they brought back and signed, their free agent class, their one opportunity to maybe upgrade this team and get them over the hump from NFC Championship to Super Bowl to maybe bring a couple new players in. Their free agent class is Devondre Campbell, who struggled a season ago, and Blake Bortles, who's only on the roster, frankly, because Aaron Rodgers may not be at training camp. If Aaron Rodgers was here this entire offseason, I highly, 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 highly doubt that Blake Bortles is a Green Bay Packer. That's their free agent class, Devondre Campbell and Blake Bortles. So there are multiple concerns here from communication and communicating with the players that are currently on the team to make sure that they remain happy, to not getting your top defensive coordinator, to some questionable free agent decisions, including bringing back Kevin King when there were frankly better corners who got paid much less this offseason, keeping some bad contracts, losing Corey Lindsley, a draft that many will deem questionable, paying a running back, no free agent class. Those are things that 
quite honestly, if the if that was the Bears that had that offseason, if that was the Vikings that had that offseason, we would be clowning them. If they alienated their top three players, you know, three of their top players, and they were questioning whether they wanted to stay with the team or were upset with the, the team in some capacity, allegedly, and maybe they had a questionable draft, they paid a running back big money, they had no major free agent signings, they lost their best free agent. If any of the teams in the NFC North would have that same offseason, we would be clowning them, saying, what the heck are they doing? This is why you're not the Green Bay Packers. And again, I want to reiterate that it doesn't mean that Green Bay can't be successful. And there's a lot of good news, which is, again, I'm going to pull out the good news to end things here because there's a lot of positives still. If all 90 guys on this team report and are ready to go and Matt LaFleur can get them motivated, this is immediately a Super Bowl contender. With Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Sedarius Smith, and the rest of this roster returning as it is, adding their draft class, adding to Devondre Campbell, etc., this is a Super Bowl contending roster. They have immense amount of talent on this team. And with a few tweaks here, there, a few guys stepping up, this is easily a team that can compete for a Super Bowl. So what more do you want than that, than a roster that's ready to compete for a championship? Aaron Jones is still on the team. As I mentioned earlier, that is a positive. We'll figure out the contract stuff later. I think everyone is fairly happy that Aaron Jones is still a Green Bay Packer. While I didn't like the Preston Smith idea of bringing him back, Russ Ball deserves a ton of credit for how it was structured. It gives Preston Smith a ton of incentive, and I mean a ton of literal incentive, to be great this season. If he can live up to that, Green Bay will gladly pay him more, and he will have earned this contract and whatever bonuses that he's eligible for based upon his play. And I think the draft had a lot of positives as well. There is a real chance that this draft class could include future starter or current starter, Eric Stokes. Josh Myers, who's ready to start from day one. Amari Rogers, who's ready to play gadget wide receiver, be kick returner and punt returner from day one. Royce Newman, who could be ready to start or at least be a solid rotational player if needed at any given moment from day one. That TJ Slayton is a rotational defensive tackle on this team. And that Kylan Hill is the number three running back at worst. I'm not even leaving some out. I think at worst, you could easily make those arguments right away. That is a good draft class if it gets to that point. So, there are plenty of positives still to, to, to be happy about with this current team, but I think this offseason deserves some level of criticism. And, and again, we're, many of you might say, ah, yeah, Andy, we're well past that at this point. We have been criticizing this front office for a while now. Where have you been? I get that. As I mentioned, I lean positive. There's a lot of positives that I still see on this overall roster, but this offseason was questionable at best frustrating and disastrous at worst. And if we look back 10 years from now and the Packers are a floundering team, if you said, Andy, 2020 and 2021, what they did in those two off seasons is where everything turned around, I would, that wouldn't surprise me. Now, if you said, you know, the, the Packers still went on to be very good and, and Jordan Love became a really good quarterback and they went on to maybe in the next 10, 15 years win another Super Bowl. That wouldn't surprise me either. 
but there are some questionable decisions that put a lot of the Packers' future in question and a lot of 2021 this upcoming season in question where this is a team and a situation that should be competing for a Super Bowl this upcoming season with a great head coach, a great quarterback, a ton of talent, your Bakhtiaris, your Adams, your Kenny Clarks, your Jair Alexanders, the list goes on and on. You know the names. This is a team that should be competing for a Super Bowl. And if they're not, and if the rebuild that needs to basically come next year goes poorly, and if Jordan Love can't live up to expectations, these last two years will have been a unmitigated failure. Time will tell. I remain optimistic, cautiously so, but this has been a very questionable offseason, the last two offseasons, and how what happens next is going to go a long way in determining just what happens with this Packers franchise from a winning viability standpoint over the next five to 10 years, potentially. And of course, the next question that everybody will have is, so who's to blame? Who should get fired right now? And the answer, of course, is nobody. There's a lot of time left. And again, this is a team that could still go on to compete for Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers, maybe this year, next year, the following year, who knows? This is a team that has a lottery ticket in Jordan Love that could still pay out tremendous dividends that things could still go right. Nothing is determined at this point in time, which is why you don't make rash decisions at this point in time. If the Packers fail and Jordan Love fails, which again, wanna be clear, I am not cheering for. I hope everything goes beyond amazing and there is a string of Super Bowl wins the likes the New England Patriots and their fans would be jealous of. But if things don't go according to plan and things fall apart, there will be those who will have to pay for those uh, you know, mistakes over the last few seasons along the way. And again, I don't want that. I hope Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinds, Mark Murphy, etc. I want to see them up on a stage along with who's ever quarterback and whatever else. I want to see them up on a stage holding a Lombardi trophy. One of my favorite moments was after everyone hated Ted Thompson and was questioning Mike McCarthy and was wondering if Aaron Rodgers could ever replace Brett Favre to see Thompson and, and Rodgers and Mike McCarthy on that podium holding a Super Bowl trophy is might be my one of I mean one of my top five favorite sports memories. Period. End of story. Because they proved so many people wrong along the way. They stuck with their convictions and how they wanted to do things. And they, in a lot of ways, they proved a lot of people, even a lot of Packer fans, wrong. That was awesome. Add in, yeah, I'll, another tangent we can go to on another day. I'm gonna wrap things up here. As I said. I remain optimistic, I remain hopeful, and I certainly want this to be a team that goes on to have a ton of success moving forward. But this offseason raises a lot of questions that will need to be answered, hopefully positively, within the next couple seasons to see how this turns out. Or we may look back at this time and say, that's where things started to go in the wrong direction. Again, last season and then this, or last offseason and this offseason. That does it for me today. Don't butcher me too much in the comments. Like I said, I'll be back probably with a joyous and positive podcast tomorrow. Appreciate you as always, but until next time, go Pack Go.
it's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com